0: I know many people have different perspectives on Christmas Eve, and especially in mainstream society and mainstream church. People attract and they equate bigger with better. And they want their performance and they want the play. Because to them, that symbolizes this time of the year. Everyone's looking for hope. Everyone's looking for that that one thing that's going to help turn their life around. And you've probably said it yourself: if this one thing could happen in my life, it would change everything. But one thing did happen that changed everything. No matter your philosophy, no matter how you look at the baby no matter your belief system or your theological background, you can argue that a baby was born and his name was Jesus. The Savior of the world. Redeemer of the world. But it's gotten lost. The meaning of it has gotten lost because of how much we've commercialized this time of year, but I want you to reflect on what that birth has meant for you. No birth, no salvation. No death, no redemption. You're still separated from Him, and there's a vast distance between you and the Father because of your sins. But this is what the book of Isaiah says. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. This is the sign. And you know about signs. The Bible specifically talks about signs in the New Testament where it says, a wicked and perverse generation seek a sign. But nevertheless, the Lord went back in the Old Testament and said, we're going to prophesy about the coming Messiah, and this is how you're going to know it's him. He's going to be born of a virgin. And he's going to be called Emmanuel. That's not his only name. But it's a powerful name because it means God with us. No longer separated, but God with us. It's the reason why the Bible says, but God demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. He came, we didn't come to him. So it's the movement of his birth and his birth that attracts so many during this time of year because people want something to believe in. So bad. So bad. because it gives them hope that there's a better tomorrow. But signs can be deceiving, and many of you might have friends, and this is what happens, especially in the secular world or corporate world, where everyone's about signs. Hey, what's your sign? What's your sign? What's your zodiac sign? Are you an Aries? Are you Pisces? Because everyone wants a hope. They just don't know how to articulate it because the enemy has deceived him into thinking that there is something greater out there. But anything to distract them from the real truth, the sign, born of a virgin, Emmanuel, God with us. It's not like God has to get with us now, he's already with us. But there's such deception that people can't see truth and anything that the enemy does is counterfeit to to truth. He cannot create. He only distorts. And so people looking for a sign or something to believe in, really what they're saying is, I'm looking for Jesus. They don't necessarily know how to get there, though. And my challenge to you this year going into 2024 is for people to see the Jesus in you. And I know you'll probably say every year I hear this message about Jesus being the reason for the season, and I get it, it's Christmas time, but when the year flips, it's back to normal. It should not go back to normal. There should be a draw this year, especially in the way the world is now. It is not normal. There should be a draw. The Jesus in you should be swelling up. The light that's in you should be lit bright. There should be something inside of you that's filled with hope. That this year, the expectation that I have and the belief that I have in God is going to supersede what is happening in the world. If there is no hope like that, you're lost just like everyone else. But there should be a difference, Christian, in you. In you. I want you to ask yourself, if you were your friend Would you want the Jesus inside of you? Or is it something that you just do or something that you just placate because it's just supposed to be this way and Christianity has become something you just regurgitate. It's just something that you do. You know when you raise your hands, you know when you're supposed to pray, you know when the preacher gets up, it's time for the message, you know when he talks about giving, it's time to give. Has it become so robotic that you have lost the freedom that Jesus actually came to give you and there's no life anymore? It's religious. It's not supposed to be religious. It's about a relationship. Have you lost relationship with the baby? And not just the baby, but the way the baby walked and the way he talked and the way he identified with you and how he died on the cross. Have you lost relationship with him because of fill in the blank? I am not naive to think that the last three to four years have separated the mainstream body into factions and parts. And people have decided to have their own version of Jesus and gave them a license to do church on their own and to figure out Jesus on their own. And the walk isn't really what it's supposed to be. And the roots are not really going down deep where they're supposed to be because what the last several years have done has separated the wheat from the chaff. And the real walkers are still walking. It's not like a real walk. It's the thriller walk. (laughs) And those that have talked are not talking so loud anymore because their lifestyle does it for them. The body is in need of transformation and change. And Jesus right now by the spirit of God is changing his body. His body is being changed and transformed. Can you sense it? God with us. God interrupted us. And said, I've got to do something about it. And some of us live like he's still trying to do something about it. He already has done something about it. Here's the sign. Jesus was born of a virgin. His name is Emmanuel. That's it, Donnie. That's it. Well, there's got to be something else. And we're looking for something else. We're looking for some immaculate thing to happen and some supernatural thing. It happened that night. So much so, it was done in secret because Herod wanted to kill him. If you don't think that God can't hide and that his purpose doesn't supersede yours and the enemy's purpose, we're mistaken. God hid him, his son, because his son had to be born. And as a side note, nothing is going to stop God's plan and purpose and his timing. It doesn't matter how loud the enemy roars. God's purpose will still happen. It will still go forth. Jesus Christ is still coming back. He is still the same yesterday, today, forever. He's still sitting on the throne, chill and confident, but ever living to make intercession for you. He's got it under control, even though it's chaotic. Where are you at in this process? And I would venture to say that God has already interrupted your process this year and said it's time for change. And sometimes it's difficult to talk about Christmas and to preach Christmas because everyone comes in and it's been a long year. It's the most common phrase I hear from people. How's your year been? Oh, man. I can count in my hand how many times I've heard somebody say, man, it's been a great year. Even from Christians. And I'm not saying your life has to be perfect because it's not. We live in a fallen world and there is warfare going around us 24-7. But there has to be something about you and a hope inside of you that says I'm better than I was. Jesus is still on the throne. Man, he's messed up my process, but I'm better. I've cried more this year than I did last year. I struggled more this year than last year, but I'm telling you, I'm better for it. When I look at myself in the mirror, I'm proud of what I've done. I'm standing tall still. I'm still married. I still have got kids that I'm still able to tie. Things are happening because my I still have a job. Things are happening. I'm still doing what God has called me to do, even though it has not been the way I thought it was going to be. And God messed up the process and said, pivot and do it this way. God is still faithful. Why? Because of who Jesus Christ is. He's Emmanuel, God with us. As a Christian, that's your lifeline. That's your sign. How do you know you're saved? There's something inside of me that says, I got you. He's with you. Because if he wasn't, I would have ended my life a long time ago. You can't not come to grips with the fact that God has held you in his hand through the trials and the issues over the last five, six, seven, eight years. Not just in one part of the family, but the whole family. You can't help but recognize the faithfulness of God when you thought about it's probably not worth it anymore. It's too hard for me to follow Jesus. You can't help but thank God for keeping you in the middle of the night and saying, I got you, stay with me. You can't help but thank God when he held you together emotionally when he wanted to crumble. You can't help but thank God when he gave you the confidence to go back into work when you didn't want to go back into work and say, I got it. You can't help but thank God because of how he dealt with you and how he was with you during the most difficult times of your life. Mary knew that. Mary understood what it meant, God with us. She carried him. Do you know who you're carrying? You're not giving birth to a physical Jesus, but the Spirit of God who lives inside of you is constantly groaning, and you are giving birth to new spiritual life on different levels. You're never going to stay the same, no matter how much you fight it and how much you contort. Jesus is always helping you in that process. You are being born again on a continual basis. It's not just one time. I got saved one time. You were continually getting saved. Jesus is cutting stuff away. He's pruning. He's pushing you in deeper. And you begin to realize more and more that God is with us and with me in this process because I can't stretch anymore that I'm stretching right now. I never knew I could split. But when the Lord gets in and starts creating rooms inside of you and you're starting to hold more and you can appreciate the goodness of God, you realize, hey man, God has done some miraculous things in my life right now. I'm not as angry as I was. It doesn't mean I don't get disappointed, but it means that I'll have a hope greater than the disappointment. It doesn't mean that even though I lost a lot, that I cannot get back up and serve Jesus because I know greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. It doesn't matter what the enemy tried to do, who he took, who he tried to kill, including Jesus. God is still good. Let's just talk about it for a moment, that even while he lived, the enemy was still trying to take him out. You have someone you could relate to you don't need an astrology chart to tell you how your future is going to go. You don't need a star that it's in some far galaxy to give you direction for the next ten to fifteen years. You need the Spirit of God to lead and guide you to the sign to Jesus, because that's His job. His job is to point to Jesus, and what He hears, He speaks. And I know God is speaking to many of you about areas of your life. Even right now, it says time for change. I'm flipping it upside down because I don't like the way it looks. I'm changing and I'm transforming the way you think because I need you to see your life differently than you see it. You see it from too low of a vantage point. Get up over it. Because once you get up over it, you'll begin to walk on water. You'll begin to... Look over your circumstances. Don't you think that Jesus gets tired of looking at a bride who's just tired all the time? That's the other thing I get. I'm just tired. Everyone's tired. But there has to be some sort of strength inside of you that says, there's more to this. There's more. My anticipation this year is through the roof. It's through the roof. For the simple fact that the Spirit of God's been speaking to me about this year and saying, get ready for greater this year, this year. All that stuff you've been working on, I'm getting ready to do something this year in a bigger way. All that stuff you've been fighting, it's for a reason because just like the enemy fought Mary over her destiny, he's going to do the same thing to you. If he can get you to quit before you finally deliver what's inside of you, he's got you. I know some of you right now are on the edge or you're a rope. There's a lot of tension. Like Lord, if something doesn't change right now, I'm out. And I'm just being honest with you. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the Lord said, if you just hold on a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, I'm gonna strengthen you. And that's where the strength comes in body. A little longer. Mary, a little longer. A little longer. It's not so much what you get. Can you hold what you get? And the only way you hold what you get is you learn in the process to hold tension. Do you realize the magnitude of the birth of Jesus and how Mary had to be prepared, Joseph had to be prepared? We're not talking about some boy. We're talking about the creator of the universe, God himself. And God said, I want you to raise up. Do you realize what kind of strength it took for them to be able to do that as teenagers? Do you realize what kind of strength it's going to take for God to do the work in your life and what God's asking you to hold? You're looking for stuff to break and the tension is there. There's tension always. There's tension. Before the birth, there was tension. She was in labor. And that's the process. We're looking for Lord, give it some other way. Lord, just stick an epidural inside of me, a spiritual epidural. I don't want to feel nothing. Just wake me up when it's done. I don't want no pain. I just want to give whatever you got inside of me. Lord, let's get it out. Wake me up when we're there. Wake me up. But you missed the process. The joy of being in the process, you don't know that God is with you, Emmanuel, God with us, until you're in the process and you see how difficult it is and that he has to be with me in this. He is a great midwife. That's why the Holy Spirit, he groans inside. The Bible says he groans. There's something deeper about that groaning. Because it's on a spiritual level, God knows what needs to be birthed in your life, even when you can't articulate it and don't understand what's going on. Some of you might tonight be able to say, I don't understand anything about this, but the Holy Spirit's pinging you. Groaning inside of you. God wants to bring deliverance to some of you this year. And I'm not prophesying something that's not possible. It's possible if you know God is with you. What do you want to change? And until you get to the point where you're willing to have God with you, Emmanuel, God with us in the process, it won't because it's gonna hurt and it's difficult. And anytime God brings something new into your life and interrupts your life, it is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. You have to have him helping you. You have to. You're trying to get joy back. You're trying to get peace back. You're trying to get restoration back. It does not happen unless the Spirit of God walks with you through it and helps you through it. It doesn't just automatically God drop it on you and say it's there. There's a process of grieving and shedding that has to be done. Because most people, if we're honest, are stuck in disappointment and grief for stuff that did not happen or did happen that they did not want to happen and they're still upset and angry. And God has to walk people through that process. And it's an okay process to be in, but God wants you to move through it to get past it because he doesn't want you to die in grief and bitterness and fall short of the promised land and reach out and freeze. Are you frozen? I can't move. I'm locked. Why am I locked? I'm stuck in grief and if I'm honest, my doubt is killing me. And any time I get up to a walk, it's hard for me because I feel heavy. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the Bible says that he gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You want stuff to break. It's time to war and worship this year, this year, this year. It's time to war and worship. And then God will teach you some stuff about the word. He doesn't do it backwards because sometimes we get so heady and knowledge puffs up and we think we can just intellectualize it or reason it i'm gonna throw faith at it but sometimes it's a matter of me just getting the presence of god and allowing the stuff to break off me because stuff happens in worship that doesn't happen in other times it's all working together as you're waiting i don't know where you're at tonight but i do know that we're about to flip a year We're about to flip a year. Do not let 2024 be like 2023. It will be a waste. And you look back, you've got 365 days or more for stuff to change. I believe God can do it quicker than that. Quicker. It's all a matter of how prostrate you want to get and get a little dirty. Jesus was born a barn you. And I believe God did that to show you it doesn't have to be clean, it doesn't have to be perfect, it doesn't have to be pristine. Because that's not what God's purpose is all about. If you're looking for the easy way out this year, here's the easy way out. (laughs) Worship. That's an easy way out. If there's an easy way. Get in the word and wait. You got three W's. You go, I want something else. Give me something else. What's the winning number? What's the ticket? Here's the ticket. It's one one one. Worship. Get in the word and wait. That's the process. And if you can stay in the process, stuff will begin to change. But you jump out of one, it nullifies the other two. It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a Sunday night thing. It's not a Wednesday thing at four. It's not a Sunday night thing at six. It's a lifestyle. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present to your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, because it's what? It's your reasonable act of service. Well, on Christmas and Easter, no. Every day. The Bible says this in the book of Matthew. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light. Light of what? I said they put it on a stand and it gives light to everything in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Here's the deal. There's a light. Who's the light? You're the light. And there's a picture of a candle up here I want you to look at. As a Christian, that light is supposed to stay lit. I am not naive to think that it does not grow dull and it doesn't shrink. That's life. But because of who lives inside of you, it doesn't have to go out completely. Lord, I'm at the end. That's a good place to be because then the Spirit of God can breathe life back in you and you can start moving again. I've lost too much. A lot of people have. But this is supposed to stay lit because the world is looking at you. Looking at you. They're looking at the Jesus in you. And I'll go back to my question before. If they saw the Jesus in you, would they want that Jesus? Are you lit for the right things? Or has it become... Religious exercise that you do because that's just what you do as a Christian. We profess Jesus and we say all the right things and we know how to talk. Christians know how to talk really good, but deep down inside, you can talk really good, but the flame shrinking, shrinking. and when nobody's looking, you question your relationship with God, you question who he is, why he came, and the enemy is so subtle because once the flame begins to die, doubts increase. a matter of fact, it's what decreases the flame, it's the doubt or the disappointment of why. And if we're not careful we can blame God for things in our life that God already knew one that were going to happen and that were already part of God's plan I, I've lost them too early it was already part of God's plan Mary could have overthought it and say a barn no I'm gonna wait for something else sometimes God will close every door and say, this is the one, this is the place, this is where I want my son born, this is where I want your deliverance, Malia, this is who I want you to marry, this is who I want you to be with, this is what type of job I want you to walk into, and it'll shut every other door, so your only choice is to go through door one, because that fulfills God's purpose. Everything else might look good to you, but what fulfills God's purpose is door one it's ugly sometimes it doesn't make sense it's frustrating but nevertheless that's the one why because his strength is made perfect in weakness and i know god is speaking to you about certain things in your life certain doors that god wants you to walk through right now you're like i don't want that door i don't want it Does it swing can i come back the other way if it doesn't work out What's my other option? And God is so good, He knows you like options. He shuts the options down. Whatever you need Him to be, He can be. Stop looking for the signs, plural. I need them to be that for me. And God said, I've never called them to be that for you. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the counselor of the mighty God. You don't need that. You need me. And God will shut all those other options until it's Him. Who do you need God to be? God said, I got it. I got it. All the way back to beginning this year, the word of the year here was first. Is He still first? Father, for every person in this house, in the process of of transformation and being delivered. I pray by the Spirit of God that it would come quicker this year. Lord, that your purpose would be fulfilled in their life quicker this year as they continue to say yes, as they continue to say in that posture of worship and getting in your word and waiting, not just waiting and doing nothing, but being about your business. Lord, thank you as they walk with you and they talk with you. You're going to speak to them even in the night. Bring back to remembrance the things, Lord, that you spoke to them years ago before the disappointment happens. When they stop believing, Lord, I pray resurrect faith this year as they do the hard thing and say yes to you again and open up again. Help them to open up again this year. Again. to let go of the grief and to walk into the hard place of healing and hope so that they can live their latter days in hope and victory, knowing that there is a God who loves them, that he came to save them. And that by his death on the cross has now given them new life in him because he said yes. Lord, thank you this year as we walk with you and as it flips, Lord, as the temptation comes in to say no, help us to say yes continually, even though it's hard. You're not looking for perfection, but you are looking for a perfected faith. Lord, I speak over marriages this year right now that you would rekindle joy. Lord, hope would come back into the hearts of those that are, are contemplating ending it this year. Salvation would come to unbelievers this year. Unbelieving wives, unbelieving husbands are going to come to the Lord this year, this year. There's going to be a unification in the family unit this year. And when the world looks and says, what is it that you have that I need? And we're going to say, here's the sign, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He was my counselor. Not only my counselor, he was a wonderful counselor. He advised me on what I should do, and God turned my marriage around Lord, this year, God, I come against inferiority this year. Even right now, I sense that just inferiority this year, like we're not good enough or or worth it enough for you to give us the best. Lord, I tear down that lie in Jesus' name this year. It's not based upon our performance. It's based upon what you did. Lord, we thank you that you brought heaven down to earth and you decided we were worth it. And we're so grateful that you said yes, Jesus' name.